Hello. Uh, this this is the podcast on Andy Kaufman's Man on the Moon. And it's really bad. Like, so bad that uh, this is it. This is the end of the podcast. It's done. It's over with. Go home. If you don't believe me, here, here's the end credit music. Goodbye. Well, you stayed. I am so glad that you are here to hear some douchebag with a bagel basket talk about my movie. So it's in the basket. Man on the Moon is in the writer's bagel basket. Andy, did you hear about this one? Tell me, are you locked in the pond? Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited. I'm so We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rogers Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland. And we continue Snubs and Shrugs with Man on the Moon. And we have a returning guest, uh, Mr. Dave Schweitzer. Hello. Thank you for having me here today, Mr. Curlin. <laughs> Mr. Curlin, am I your accountant? You asked me before this to call you Mr. Curlin and show you the respect you GD deserve. <laughs> I never... <laughs> I would never ask anyone to ever call me Mr. Curlin. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, someone has called me that before. I'm like, please, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about, originally, I felt bad because I was going to have you do a different biopic, a more shitty biopic, but I then forgot that I booked you for that one, and I promised it to people who have a music podcast. <laughs> I did so much research for that podcast, I'm by the way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's why I gave you this. It was worth it. It was this worth it. This is so but... much better. This is a much better movie. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm a huge Andy Kaufman fan, which I don't know if you knew that about me or not. I did, because that's how you and I bonded, because I'm a diehard Andy Kaufman fan, too. Yes, he's I, very good. I saw this in theaters. I, yes, I did, too. December 25th, 1999, Christmas Day. I don't know if I saw it on Christmas Day. I probably didn't, because we celebrate Christmas, so... We don't usually go to the movies that day, but um, well, I, did I was see eating it. my Chinese food and going to the movies. <laughs> I did see it and I liked it, and it's what got me introduced to Andy Kaufman because I was a big Jim Carrey fan, and I was like, "Oh, okay, let's see this." And my mom took me to see it, and then I was like, "Wow, this guy's really interesting." Well, the weird thing is, um, 
So I knew about Andy Kaufman way before this because my dad got me introduced to comedy at a young age. We had Comedy Central and I grew up watching like old stand-up specials. I watched his um, variety show that he did that they teased. In, like on ABC or something like that? Yeah, and they rebroadcasted it on TV land. Um, hmm. But then I also grew up watching Lenny Bruce specials and old Rodney Dangerfield specials. Like, um, uh, did you ever see the comics, um, the up-and-coming young comedians um, from 1984 with Rodney Dangerfield, Sam Kinison? No, I have not seen that. Maurice LaMarche? No, I have uh, Like... Andy Kaufman was one of the people um, in one of the earlier ones yeah. before he died. Um, but I just love Andy Kaufman. I, th- I think he's great. And I, I said I was going to tell you, Haley knew who Andy Kaufman was, but like she had never seen this movie. So she came in. She was like, okay, I'll just see a tiny bit of it. And then like five minutes in, she missed the opening that I literally just did, just did and ripped off. Um, and she missed that, which to me is like the best part of the movie. Because when he does... It's all downhill from there. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but then she's like, oh, so was he just like an asshole? And I was like, well, that was his persona. Yeah. Um, he, and like trying to explain it to her was like trying to explain a murder happening. <laughs> like like I'm Patrick Swayze in Ghost trying to explain my own murder. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a really funny way. Yeah, it, um, now one criticism I've heard of the movie is the movie kind of plays up him being an asshole. But, I mean, I guess if you look at like what he tried to always do, uh, he does seem, you know, I can get why they would do that. Well, yeah, I mean, so the guys who wrote this, um, this movie is directed by Milos Forman, who did Amadeus. Which and uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's One Nest. One Flew right? Over the Cuckoo's and asked... And I am about to be very controversial, and a lot of people listening to this are going to hate me. I think this is his best movie. I hate you, because <laughs> I agree and I love you. But I've also probably only seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I haven't seen Amadeus. Am- Amadeus is one of the greatest movies ever made. But oh. <laughs> to me, this is better. I love this. I think it's just, a, I think, A, it's a very entertaining film. And um, I think it just has so much going for it, and it really explores just how unique Andy was. Well, you get to do the blockbuster rule. So we're, a.k.a. the John Curlin rule. In a paragraph, tell me what happened in Man on the Moon. You're in a blockbuster. You pick up the VHS cassette tape because this was 99, so it existed. It has one. It has one. Um, what, what does the back of the cassette tape say for Man on the Moon? The back of the cassette tape says uh, Jim Carrey plays legendary comedian Andy Kaufman, and you see him throughout the years on Saturday Night Live and wrestling women, and then eventually having to deal with his own uh, inevitability of uh, death when he gets uh, sick at the end. So my mind spoils. The yeah, movie <laughs> he dies. Then, yeah. You fucking asshole. Yeah, he's not gonna. <laughs> he may as well just be a tombstone. But, um, yeah, that's, I think, that's kind of the gist of it. And those who rented this may also like Tootsie and the Truman Show. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's Andy Kaufman. He's one of the few impressions that I was always able to do, even as, like, a young kid. Latka's a good, easy one. Not Latka. That one's harder for me to do than the actual Andy. Like, the... It's just... just, I can do that. (laughs) You can do that. It's just good old-fashioned entertainment, George. Oh, like, that's pretty good. Like, oh, actually, I'm pretty impressed. I, I don't understand 
It's my special. Oh, I'm, like, I, I'm actually that was that was really good. That was really good. I like I like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. I can I can do like Lodka and Tony Clifton, but like more like Jim Carrey's Tony Clifton than the real Tony Clifton because I noticed they sound a little different. Yeah. Um, but I can do the, the Jim real Carrey Tony Clifton is down here. You know. God damn it! <laughs> right, right. Fuck you, you asshole. I don't know. No, I just sound like Cartman. I, I don't <laughs> know if I did that well. Now I'm doubting all my impressions. Can I get a drink of water? Yeah, can I get a fucking drink of water? Maybe a piss? Um, can I be controversial for one second and throw out a conspiracy theory? That he's still alive? That he's still alive and he's the president. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I told... <laughs> I told. Okay, so that was one of the things that I told Haley, like all of the conspiracy theories that... <laughs> and... and Because and, at the end of the movie, she's like, ah, oh, he's dead and... We'll go into the end of the movie right now. The end of the movie ends with Tony Clifton. It's a year after Andy died. Tony Clifton's on stage, and they reveal... Zamuda. You think it's Bob Zamuda, played by the great Paul Giamatti. And it's not, because Zamuda's in the back, so they're implying yeah. that Andy's alive. still alive. Yeah. But the rumor, the latest rumor, is that Andy Kaufman is alive, and he's Donald Trump. Which I am not a Donald Trump fan, and if there are any Trump fans out there, listen, I'm not trying to demean you or say anything bad... But if I found out, the views it was of Dave Andy- Schweitzer do not reflect those of Scott Curlin and Rutgers Bagel Basket. Um. Anything Dave Schweitzer says is not liable to Rutgers Bagel Basket, Scott Curlin, or Rutgers Bagel Basket no, Incorporated. No, I don't want to sound racist, but no, no, no. But um, but if all of a sudden we did find out the president was Andy Kaufman, he would become my favorite president of all time. It would be the greatest I, I, joke. I would admit that comes from a very, very strong place of white privilege. <laughs> so I do realize that there would be people out there like the You're views of Dave awful. Schweitzer do not. <laughs> reflect those of Scott Kerland and Rider's Bagel Basket Incorporated. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I do think that that's really like, cause I've seen people talk about that online and obviously there's no like actual like basis to but it, but th- it's just funny to think of. They also did that with, with Bush too. They also said that Andy Kaufman was Bush. Oh really? I didn't hear that like, one. Like anytime there is someone who is just over the top and ridiculous, Oh, it's probably just Andy Kaufman in makeup. And that's like, I think that's a true testament to him and his legacy and genius that, you know, I think realistically he he sadly is dead. That's what yeah. I think. And But I think it is fun to kind of play into that conspiracy. And I think he'd be tickled pink to know, what has it been, 35 years or something since his death no. or something? Did he die before I was born? I can't remember what year he died. He died. 85? Or something. I thought he died in eighty four, but eighty four, eighty five. Okay, so it's been about thirty five years. You're right. Yeah. So Fuck. yeah, it's crazy. But um, yeah, he's a fascinating character. And this movie, I thought, you know, it it hits like the big moments in his life. The one thing I'll say is that I love Danny DeVito in this. Um, so this is here that mm, I it, I think I know where you're going with this one. I hope. He looked the real George Shapiro looks more like Larry David than he did Danny DeVito. Yeah. But so this isn't snubs and shrugs because this was snubbed. It should have been nominated for Best Picture, like it was nominated for Best Picture for Golden Globes. It should have been nominated for Best Actor for Jim Carrey. It should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Danny DeVito. Yeah, I could get behind that. And maybe Paul Giamatti, because Giamatti is amazing. Giamatti's great. Um, Um Rewatching it, I remember Courtney Love being better than she was. <laughs> She's like okay, you know. There's the whole conspiracy theory of her killing Kurt Cobain, which maybe I, I okay. believe. All right, so. okay. So that's <laughs> so no, that, that's what saying. I wanted to. Okay, this is what I was saving for the podcast. <laughs> Haley had no idea 
what and I told her that I was going to tell this story on the podcast and she's like who's the actress and I go that's Courtney Love and she goes that's the woman who killed Kurt Cobain <laughs> and I laughed so hard she said it so serious because my wife loves Nirvana she loves Kurt Cobain but she had never seen what Courtney Love looked like oh interesting because like she always like back in the 90s like they would always show like the back of her head in photos so I showed her what she looked like when she was dating Kurt Cobain and he go she goes what did he see in her and I go he was on heroin (laughs) he was on a lot of heroin I don't know. I heard. I I do think she may have played a role in killing him, though. I've watched a conspiracy video on this. You mean the fact that he was wearing uh, Chuck Taylor Converse's, which were are impossible to get off your feet, and they said that he used his toe to pull the shotgun trigger. I I saw. Well, I don't remember about that. Maybe, <laughs> but also I, the I, amount of heroin I, in his I also, body. I also don't want to talk too ill will about Courtney Love in case she hears this and she comes to get revenge. I have nothing but respect for Courtney Love in certain respects. I don't weigh in on the <laughs> the the Kurt Cobain stuff because I think it's just too funny. I I think. This is my Andy Kaufman sense of humor. The idea of just someone murdering their spouse because they're way more talented than them. Yeah, that is some of what that thing that I read got into. Um, Regardless, she's good in this movie for the most part. I mean, it's not, I don't think like an Oscar nominated sort of role. No, no. Um, But I think she is pretty, pretty good. She's charismatic. She fits with Jim pretty well, I think. Yeah, like um, the actresses who were considered were Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. Um, I thought no, it wasn't Kate Hudson. Who was it? Kate oh, Winslet? Kate Winslet. Oh, it was yeah. Kate Winslet. Of course, Kate Winslet. She's a great but, actress. She would have been great, actually. Yeah, she would have. <laughs> um, um, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Who? <laughs> fuck you, Dave. Who else would it be? Gwyneth. Gwendolyn Milano. Christie. Like before she even existed as an actress. They're yeah. like, hey, we need that six foot five blonde chick from Game of Thrones, which is a show we think is going to exist in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, Gwyneth Paltrow. So uh, those are some interesting choices. Yeah, and then there was like, oh, Marissa Tomei was another one. Oh, you always go with Marissa Tomei. I, yeah. yeah I think I've stated so many times on this podcast how much I fucking love Marissa Tomei. Oh, she's phenomenal. She's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, so, but at this time, Mila Schwarman had just worked with Courtney Love on um, The People vs. Larry Flint. Did he make that movie? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. And... Ed Norton was dating her at this time. Mm, Look, he got out of it. <laughs> well, did you see the the Rosa of Bruce Willis? Um, I think I saw a few clips from it, but I didn't think think I said the whole thing. I think I think it was Jeff Ross who said, "Yeah, I, the scariest thing that uh, Ed Norton ever did was have sex with Courtney Love without a condom on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so I bring up Ed Norton because they worked together. Milo Schwarman worked with him on People vs. Larry Flint as well. Okay. He was Larry Flint's lawyer. Okay. And he was the top contender to play Andy. It was between him and Jim Carrey. And the list 
is insane. I can see him with the role, especially like I like the Lodka foreign man stuff. I think he would excel at that. Um, I definitely think Ed Norton could play Tony Clifton pretty well because I believe Ed Norton's an asshole. Um, well, a talented one. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. If people were mad at Jim Carrey for going method, Ed Norton is way more of a method actor. <laughs> like, pe- well, we're, so, so those who are listening, um, Dave and I did our homework on this. We watched the movie. We also watched the documentary, and we know a shit ton about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the Netflix documentary, Jim and Andy, The, uh, the Great Beyond, and we'll be talking about this as well. Yeah. But... That movie, that documentary is all about Jim Carrey remembering what a fucking asshole he was as a method actor. Yeah, and uh, I think it's like, I think it's, I, method acting, I'm kind of conflicted on. Because part of me believes you're an actor and part of it should be being able to turn it on and off. And not have to be like, you have to call me Andy Kaufman from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., you know, but I also can, like, it gets good results, Daniel Day-Lewis, this. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, there's this scene in that documentary where the guy who plays Andy's dad starts yelling at Jim in, like, the trailer as Andy's dad, and they yeah. have, like, a father-son fight there. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, you know, that's essentially just an acting exercise before going on. And right. I think it gets probably better results in some ways. Well, so the crazy but. thing is, is um, <laughs> I used to act a lot. I haven't acted in years. Almost, oh, shit. I haven't acted in a decade. I haven't been on stage or, or in movies in a decade. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> Thanks. Don't know why you're doing that, but okay. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I was in a play where I played a character who was dying of AIDS. Yeah. But like when they put the makeup on me, like I felt so sick. Like the person who did the makeup did an amazing job. Like she gave, she put fake skin on me. Yeah. She put like. That could be a lot of toxins in that makeup that makes a person <laughs> feel a little woozy. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like I understand going method and different aspects yeah. but i don't believe in going method like all the time all the time like sean penn method like i think if someone's like on set and they're like hey jim and he's ignoring you and they have to go hey andy yes <laughs> i think that's obnoxious like i think that's genuinely like i've made a lot of stuff like i have a web series i've made a movie i've been on other movie sets i think that would like genuinely slows down the teamwork production aspect. And I think that, Is that why you always cast yourself as a guy named Dave? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm like Tony Dance. I'm going to play a Tony. Um, I'm just really too stupid to not respond correctly. Um, so who is in this movie? And I wasn't even thinking about that when I said it. He refused to be in this it. movie. Wait, he's not. Oh, you're right. He isn't in this no, movie. No, he hated you're Andy right, Kaufman. Because they, and he thought it would be disrespectful to be in the movie because they did not get along. That's right. I forgot. He, yeah. Even though I just watched it, I forgot. I love Taxi, so I just went to real Taxi episodes in my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so um, Jeff oh. Conway. Uh, Can I get to one? When you brought up Danny DeVito, here's what I thought you were going to say. And here's my problem with Danny DeVito in this movie is we don't get to see Louis De Palma again. And I hate that. I think they should have just been like, screw it, shave the mustache and shoot some scenes as Louis De Palma and we're just going to ignore it. <laughs> you know, That would have been great. Yeah, just ignore Or it. if they cast it like, 
uh, who's another actor that Danny DeVito always gets confused with? Like if they got Dennis Franz from oh, NYPD okay. Blue Sipowitz to be like yeah. to be Louis or like, do you know who's in this? Who like blink and you miss him? Patton Oswalt. He's the guy who goes. I think that's Andy Kaufman. Oh and, really? Yeah, he, they give him a fake blonde wig. Oh, interesting. I missed that. I didn't realize. If they got that. Andy Kaufman, uh, not Andy Kaufman, Patton Oswalt to be Louis De Palma. Yeah, the, like, well, he probably would have been the right age. Nato, you and your luscious gams. <laughs> so yeah, I know. I just think it was such a shame. I think I love seeing everybody from Taxi um, because I'm such a huge fan of it and seeing the set and everything. Um, but I just I wish we could have gotten Louis De Palma. Um, I would say I wish we could have gotten Tony, but apparently I thought we did, so I guess it wasn't as missed. But I mean, they got the people that you wanted to see, with the exception of Jeff Conway, because may rest in may rest in peace. But I totally forgot I, that Jeff Conway. You was know on. what? Did they get Randall Carver? Did they get the guy from the first season that played? Uh, I don't remember seeing him, and I don't know why they would have gotten him. I thought um, he died young. I don't think he died young. I think he just like he changed careers or something. He's like a like a house salesman or something. A now. house salesman? You mean a real estate know. agent? Is that what they're called? Jesus Christ, Dave! This uh, is Dave's last bagel basket ever. Um, you know what, Scott? I live with my mom. I don't need a realtor or whatever they're called because <laughs> she bought a house. So. And um, you bought a zoo. <laughs> I don't have enough service to look up Randall Carver, but um, we'll find out. Yeah. So people need to know. <laughs> Uh, the great thing about this movie is the performance from Jim Carrey like the way the movie opens up and how he he introduces it that the movie's over as Andy uh, as Laka as Andy and he plays the, the closing theme from Lassie <laughs> and then it stops the credits stop yeah, halfway weird. through and he I just thought that was the most brilliant joke. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I thought that that was really good. I really enjoyed that uh, as a kid, starting it. And because as, as a kid, I was like, how long is this going to go on for? <laughs> you know? Well, and even as an adult, you kind of think that a little bit. My you know? dad, and I saw this with my dad and my sister, because um, I think this was at the time, there was a time where my mom didn't like Jim Carrey. She thought he was just like, a, a fool. Yeah. She's like, I agree with Tommy Lee Jones. He's just nonsense. <laughs> yes. You're a clown and I don't think you're funny. And me. Um, that is a reference to one of his lines in Batman Forever. And me. Uh, so the three of us went to the theater. And when they did the, the end of the movie at the beginning, there was an old couple who thought they were serious. Because there's like black for like 20 seconds. They started to stand up and leave oh wow and then like he comes out and he goes well you started you stuck around i am so glad and then they stopped and like sat. yeah down. and they sat back down oh my god it's like i was like maybe those people should leave i wish those people were on this episode of this they podcast. were old they're probably dead well, I mean, all right. I didn't want to bring it to that level of the logical level. Just well, because, were, just because the movie came out twenty years ago, they were they were eighty then. 
You want which, them to be like 110, Dave? They could be even more interesting. What they thought. Well, maybe, you know what, Scott? Maybe if you had a foresight as a little 12 year old, you could have recorded the podcast. On live. my talk boy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't think Peter about it. Peter McAllister, <laughs> the father. So, yeah. But uh, that's funny that, that that opening got them. Gotcha, suckers. Yeah, well, th- that's just Andy's personality. Like, yeah. I think the great thing about like Jim Carrey in this is, I mean, it does do the trope of a biopic where like they don't really show him struggle. Like he hits the ground running. Um, yeah, there's you're right. There's like one scene of him talking about like I am just like a dishwasher guy. I can't go be on TV, and then he's like on TV, and then he's like just famous. Yeah, you know. I mean, like he's struggling at the comedy club, and then the next scene he's introducing the foreign man or Latka. You're right. That happens really fast, and but I, and I get that. See, that's why with biopics, sometimes I don't think they should try to cover somebody's whole life. Oh, I agree. I and think it'd be more interesting to try to choose just like Andy Kaufman as a struggling comedian, you well, know, or whatever. That's why. So the the script of this should have also been nominated for an Oscar because it was written by Scott Alexander and Larry Kazavruski, who they wrote Ed Wood. Hmm. Dolomite is my name. Oh, uh, American Crime Story: The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh wow! They've done a whole bunch of biopics, and I think they have like two more coming out. They wrote Big Eyes. Oh, um, they're really good at telling people's lives in a way that is approachable. Yeah, and I was thinking about it. Like this was Man on the Moon is one of my favorite biopics ever. Right underneath it is Ed Wood, and now added to that is Dolomite Is My Name. Did you see it? No, but you just sold me on it a little bit oh, more. Oh, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's so good. And it's convenient because it's just on Netflix, It's right? only on Netflix, but... Yeah, perfect. But... Uh, um, so what Oscars did this get nominated none. for? None at all. None. Oh, wow. It's Not like, even for makeup. Because wow. the makeup on, on Jim Carrey... That's pretty good. The Tony Clifton stuff is impressive. But even the unibrow and his hair... Yeah. And like everything Jim Carrey does, have you seen his tape that he made, his audition tape? Yeah. His audition tape, I made the mistake of watching it at like three in the morning or two in the morning and it like creeped me out because it made me like, no, Andy Kaufman's still alive and he knows I'm watching this right now. And <laughs> oh God, like I have like an existential crisis. Hmm, interesting. It's like, I gotta go home. Wait, yeah. I am home. <laughs> that was fast. So yeah. Um, for you, what what were some of the scenes that like you couldn't believe in his life? Um, well, you know, all the wrestling stuff was pretty crazy, especially how he played like the heel, how he was like the bad guy and just kind of like threw it all away. Like, I mean, you kind of see people do that nowadays still. Um, they're not wrestling women necessarily, but all of a sudden you'll see some like YouTube personality who's just like, I'm going to go to Japan to like, you know, the suicide forest and be super disrespectful. And like, are you talking about PewDiePie? Is that the guy's name? I don't remember. The video game guy? There was somebody, and I don't uh, I don't Logan remember, Paul. but maybe that's the guy, Logan it's Paul. It's like, them. they have a lot of views. They're making like a money off of this, but then it's like, I'm just going to go be a jerk and rile people up. Um, and I think that that's interesting, and I think that, that Kaufman did it differently, and I think a lot of people try to emulate that without maybe realizing the like artistic nuance that he had to it. Yeah, well, his whole bit is that like, everything's a joke 
Yeah. Like the world's a joke. Everything's funny. He's almost like the Joker. But <laughs> like if he didn't die, do you think he would have been the one who, who played the Joker in, in Tim Burton's? <laughs> Oh, and Tim Burton's. I was gonna. I thought I was hoping you were gonna ask about the new one. I'd be like, he'd be an old Joker instead of Joaquin Phoenix. No, but, no, I'm talking uh, Tim Burton's. I don't imagine that'd be the case. Well, the person who turned it down, I never told you this, or did I? John Lithgow. Oh yeah, when um, was there a different director attached? No, at that it was point? Tim Burton. Oh, offered it to him first. Okay. Before Nicholson, the studio loved him because of uh. Garp and Harry and the Hendersons. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Andy Kaufman were in a superhero role. I'll have to. I'll have to stop for a little while and think about what he would have uh, been best. He as. probably would have been the Adam. Um, I'm one. I'm thinking maybe a Galactus. <laughs> but it, Andy Kaufman's whole like outlook on life is like everything's a joke. We can all just be kids. Like he's he's not an adult. Everyone's like, oh, he was such a jerk and blah 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 blah. If you think about it, he had the mindset of a child. Mm. Like everything he did was like out of a childlike whimsy, throwing a temper tantrum, acting like, you know, I'm mad at my dad. I'm just trying to get attention. Yeah. Like everything he did. And I think Jim Carrey does like a really good job showing that. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey gives a very, very, very solid performance and um, the joking and the chaos of everything. Yeah, it's unique, and I think it is something that other people try to pull off, but they don't quite achieve. The thing that got Haley was when Tony Clifton um, gets thrown off taxi, and people are like, oh, Andy's Tony, and he starts getting booked at like Harrah's in Las Vegas, and he starts getting like all of these gigs. She's like, oh, okay, so like, it was getting him more money. That's smart. And then when Andy shows up, and it's Zamuda. Oh yeah. And she's like, okay, that's funny. Like, yeah. like pissing people off. Yeah, that yeah, that is interesting. Um, have you? I I was just trying to think of this, and I just recurred to me. Have you ever seen? I don't remember if he was on Letterman or he was on a late night talk show, and this was not in the movie. And I don't think it's in the Jim Carrey documentary either. But you can find it on YouTube. And he comes out looking like really disheveled. They kind of play it a little bit in the movie. He's at the comedy club. Yeah. He's looking really disheveled, but he was on like Letterman and he's like, I've, I've hit really hard times it was and I need money. And then like, and like the audience is laughing and he's like, please don't laugh. Please do not. I'm very serious right now. And he just like plays it completely straight. And it turns into this like wicked, awkward, like on TV moment. <laughs> it's very funny. But it's a very awkward and like you can tell there are people in the audience who just think like, well, geez, what's this guy come to? I mean, it, it Letterman always had his back, but Letterman was like always the champion of like underdogs. Yeah. Like Harvey Picar was always on Letterman, the guy who did American Splendor. Yeah. So like having Andy Kaufman, who at this point, like Taxi just got canceled and everyone hated him because of the wrestling women. Yeah. Like. It's not out of Letterman's wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very funny bit and um it's just very awkward because it also I think it, I think it goes on for a while too. It goes so. on for like ten minutes. Yeah, or at least it feels like it. <laughs> so please don't laugh. Yeah, he's so interesting and um yeah, I forgot that they do kind of include that in the comedy club at the end, but yeah. not on TV and all that. But that's a that's a great moment of his well, the tragic thing about Andy Kaufman is like people never knew if he was joking or not. Yeah. So when he's like, I have cancer, I'm dying of, a, of lung cancer, they're like, okay, this is a bit. He's like, 
No, yeah. I'm dying. Even Danny DeVito said, because he went to Kaufman's funeral, he's like, we didn't know if Andy was going to walk out or like pop up. Like we all kind of were like a little on guard, which is weird because you don't go to a funeral that way. You go just kind of vulnerable and but open. But didn't they have like an open casket? I like at least they did in the movie, so I don't know, you know. But I do think that's interesting that they felt like, yeah, I mean, he's probably dead. But at the same time, I, you know, like, and I've never felt that way. I didn't go to anybody's funeral and think like, are they are they screwing with me right now? Uh, you might be still in denial, but um, yeah, I think it's. Um, I remember when one of my cousins, I had a cousin who passed away when I was eight years old, and. When we went to the funeral, I was like, no, they just have him in that back room in the rectory and he's going to come out. Like, Oh, jeez. But I was a child and that was like my sense of, like, that's the closest I can relate to to people thinking, no, Andy Kaufman's just going to pop out of the coffin and go, hey! Yeah, so pretty much what you're saying is Danny DeVito was acting like a child that day. <laughs> thinking that. Well, <laughs> everyone apparently was. Yeah, I know. I, and I do wonder if he was, like, trying to say, like, any last goodbyes to somebody and they were like, all right, all right. You know, like, I wonder if that did, like, happen or if pretty much even if people weren't, like, sure if he was really sick they're like well i'll be respectful just in case he is i wonder what that was like well up until he died like in the movie even uh george shapiro like when he when devito goes to his house one of the last times he's like that that guy's an actor like i've seen that guy on tv he's like well yeah but he's also a guru and a shaman like oh yeah 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 and one one thing that i totally forgot is that the Society of Transcendental Meditation kicked Andy Kaufman out because of like his behavior and stuff. That was really interesting. Yeah. I'm shocked that they included that in the movie. That yeah, uh, I think that was good to help just kind of show his like downfall in many ways. You know, you have to show the downfall. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was really good. I think his meditation aspect of him is really interesting because it's, it's kind of almost a conundrum to be so meditative but wanting to cause chaos like that. Right. You know, so he, yeah, that's very strange. And the stuff with Jerry Lauer, um, I'm glad. So that was another thing <laughs> that Haley, as we were watching it, um, I, <laughs> she was like, no, no, he's not in on it. He doesn't, he seems dead serious that he hates Andy Kaufman. I was like, does he though? And she's like, no, he is. He's not in on it at all. And then it cuts to the scene. The where- reveal is brilliant. The way they do the reveal yeah. in the movie. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't know the backstory. So I thought the same. I thought this guy's not in on it. He's just here to like genuinely kick Kaufman's ass. And when they cut to like, what is it, Shapiro? Like, yeah. you guys really got to tone it down. He's like, I think it's a great example in human conditioning. You're something, whatever the whatever he, he, phrase he said, that. well, Andy and I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, that was interesting. And then like we, we were briefly talking about in the documentary. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, Jim Carrey is <laughs> so. We'll we'll get off topic of Man on the Moon and go into Jim and Andy because this is Jim, Jim Carrey goes way too far. So the list of actors where Jim Carrey ended up getting picked because of how great his audition tape was, but the list is crazy. First, Tom Hanks was considered. That's a hard one for me to see, but he's so good, I can't imagine he'd be bad. But he was doing um, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay. Huh. Oh, and then, yeah, I think this was also Something the time of Green Mile, too. Um, and 
Nick Cage. Yeah. Who, um, you and I heard two different stories, but they're kind of similar. Yeah. It both. It was basically him saying, "I'm too big of an actor to have to send in an audition tape." Yeah, and the version that I heard was Nick Cage was talking to Jim Carrey about sending in an audition tape, and Jim Carrey was like, man, you're Nick Cage. You shouldn't have to send that, and that's ridiculous. That's insulting. And then Jim Carrey sent in the audition tape and got the role. <laughs> and, and Nicolas Cage And what I heard is that this was like right after he won his Oscar, and his agent, who is also Jim Carrey's agent, was mm. like, you're Nicolas Cage. You're a star. You don't need to send in a tape. And he's like, you're right. I'm Nicolas Cage. I can be a dick. Like I do have to say, anytime I hear a movie almost cast Nicolas Cage, I always want to see it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'd love to see his Superman. I'd love to see his Andy Kaufman. I, he would just be so crazy. Well, the original person who was sought after before they even, like, what led to them having to even do an audition process was um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman mm-hmm. was offered the part and he passed. And then they opened up the Gary, that's a weird choice is it though if you think about it i mean i know he was younger at the time maybe i just can't get older gary oldman out of my mind but it um, it doesn't seem that weird if you think about like how much he is a chameleon i guess but so so then jim carrey pretending to be gary oldman called in saying that he wanted to resubmit an audition tape <laughs> Really? Yeah, it was somebody, but it's it it's rumored to be Jim Carrey as the one who was like calling, and then Gary Oldman is like, "Oh, who's calling? Pretend to be me." Like, interesting, huh? Um, so yeah, the list goes on forever. John Cusack, oh, okay. Um, Sean Penn, oh, okay. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, I'd like to see that. I would have loved to see that. Uh, Malkovich. I can see Malkovich a little bit. Can you? I can't. I um, who else was it? Um, Jesus Christ. I just... Jesus Christ was up for the role? No, oh no. Uh, I When I just thought of who it was, I was like, oh God, I don't want to say it on air. Karen Spacey. Oh, whatever happened to him? Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> well, we're lucky it wasn't Kevin Spacey who got the role. No, he won the Oscar that year for American Beauty. That bastard. <laughs> Good job, Academy. It could have been Jim Carrey. Seriously. Um, and uh, then it came down to Ed Norton and Jim Carrey. Yeah. But once again, as we said, if you were pissed with Jim Carrey going method... Ed Norton, Ed Norton, Ed Norton, Ed Norton Nerd. is way more of a method actor. Yeah, he'd be a little intense. Um, that wouldn't be fun for people probably. But I don't know. He may have also portrayed Andy differently. Like maybe Jim Carrey was like, I'm going to focus on the chaos. And maybe, you know, because from what I've heard of Ed Norton, he would have probably gotten in there. He would have seen the script. He'd be like, no, no, no. We got to change this. We got to make him like sympathetic. We got to make him more likable and less chaos or something. You know, he would have done what he did in Birdman. Because <laughs> um, I hear that's what he did on the set of Birdman. Well, that's what he does with every movie script. Yeah. I can't believe he's not still with Marvel. But, um, and in some ways I mean that because he's very collaborative. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think that uh, that's. Uh, well, we talked glad about we this got to Jim get Carrey. into Jim and Andy. To, to, to Jim Lawler. Yeah, because so Andy, well, Jim Carrey was kind of a dick to Lawler on set. Yeah. And was like kind of treating him the way that the show that they portrayed 
was, but yeah. not the genuine way. And like, there's a scene where like Lawler's like bending over or something, and Jim Carrey runs and pushes him, and I think he like falls out of like the wrestling rink or something like that. And they weren't filming. Yeah, he just like literally kind of like, and I'm, I mean, I'm using this term very lightly, but he just kind of assaulted him. <laughs> yeah, he's being a dick. <laughs> yeah, and Lawler's like, you know, Andy and I were friends, and I think that like you know with Jim Carrey's like I was possessed by the spirit of Andy Kaufman. No, I think you were being an asshole. That's where I think it kind of falls apart. I think there are some interesting things. Like some people said he had some quirks and mannerisms. Like, wow, like that really was like something Andy did. And there were these bits, but that's where I think it falls apart the most is Lawler, who's like, no, we were like friends and this is not like, yeah, this was the show we put on. This wasn't us. That's where I think it's, you know. Yeah, that's where it falls apart. Yeah. And in that documentary, when Jim Carrey is talking about, like, he broke Milos Forman. Milos Forman only made one, <laughs> one other movie that didn't even do well before he died because this was such a traumatic experience. What was the other well, the last film? Goya's Ghost. Oh, okay. I remember about it, but yeah, okay. Javier Bardem and oh. what's her name? Uh, Nellie Portman. Well, oh, sounds beautiful. Nah, it's bad. Want to watch a movie about Goya? Um... So, yeah, Jim Carrey, throughout, like, as he's talking, he's like, yeah, it wasn't me. It it was, it was, um... It was Andy. It was Andy. Like, I was on the beach, and these dolphins came up to me, and then the ghost of Andy Kaufman was like, I'll take it from here. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's a particularly religious or spiritual person, and I believe there's something out there, but... Uh, in this regard, I don't know. I could see there being some spiritual help in some ways, but yeah, to, but to I act don't... like it was one hundred percent, I was possessed. I that I probably disagree with, and roll my eyes a little bit as an actor. Yeah, I don't see the ghost of Andy Kaufman being like, "No, you can't do this. It's mine. I'm going into your body." Whoop. Yeah, I just okay. think okay. And I, like I said, I'm willing to say like there could be some spiritual uh, essence of the force there guiding him to make a little quirk or mannerism, you know, stuff, some stuff like that. Yeah, but, but I, acting like he was possessed by him, it's just like, yeah, it's you're just kind of trying to justify bad behavior. <laughs> and also, Andy Kaufman didn't smoke. There is a scene in the documentary where Jim Carrey, who was a smoker, was smoking and pretending mm-hmm. to be Andy Kaufman. Yeah, Andy Kaufman didn't smoke. Yeah, I think that. I mean, even like Jim says at one point, he got a call from Milos, who was like, yeah, I wanted I was about to talk to, to Jim, you know? And so and he talks to him there. I don't know. I think I think it's one thing. If you want to like be possessed by a character and they're a nice character, then that's good because that's good for the world. But if you're going to be possessed by a character who's kind of a dick, and I'm not saying Andy Kaufman is, but the character that you're at least portraying as it's this kind now, of a dick, kind of a dick. Like I said, I think just on a production side, it slows everything down. And it's like Jim Carrey, I think, is a strong enough actor that he would have delivered a good enough performance, probably on just about the same level, if not the same level, that he did. Well, if you look at what he was doing, like the movies that he had done before this, like he he was doing Liar Liar. He was doing Mask, Dumb and Dumber. Well, I'm talking about the three movies he did right before this. Oh, oh, oh. Cable Guy? Cable Guy. Liar, liar, Truman Show. Yeah. That was 96, 97, 98. Okay. He 
he has range in those. I mean, like they're not biopics, but he's claiming that like he acted this way as Andy because it was a biopic. I mean, like when Jennifer Lopez played Selena, she didn't go all Selena and and act like a diva. That was later in life. <laughs> you, you be careful what you say about J-Lo right now, okay? You be careful. She's gaining power again. Oh, I know. Um, she's going to be nominated for an Oscar this year. For Hustler. That's what I've heard. I haven't seen the movie, but that's I what I've heard I haven't seen it either. Say. I saw Ad Astra instead. <laughs> There was one day my girlfriend asked me, she's like, do you want to see Hustlers? And I thought, like, what a strange movie to ask your boyfriend if he wants to go see the movie about Jennifer Lopez paying a stripper. I just, I, if I wanted to see it, I wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> you know, like, so. that, that's one of those Catch-22s where you're like, they have to bring it up. That may, you're, like, like you're, maybe it was a test. Like, maybe. you're you're there with, like, an old-timey newspaper that has movie times and, like, the movie posters, like, right up. <laughs> Full page ad, and you're, she's like, "Oh, hustlers!" And you're like, "Yes, my plan is working." Yeah, maybe, you're, maybe it was a test, though. Maybe she was like, "When I was like, no, I don't really want to see that unless you do." She was thinking, "Like, good, that's <laughs> right. You don't want to see it." He's way too enthusiastic about seeing that Jennifer Lopez stripper movie. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what? I'm a fan of Lizzo. Lizzo's in it. She. Oh, does. really? Lizzo's in the movie. Yeah, she's one of the strippers. I had no idea because yeah, I have one who says movie. "bitch" a lot. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I've heard a Lizzo song, but I'm out <gasps> of it. Lizzo. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah. That that's one of those weird things where you're like, my significant other is asking me to see a movie where it's probably filled with nudity. At least it would. No, seem I don't want to. Um, <laughs> uh, Why did you just give me a cookie and click a little clicker? Can I just can I just cheat off your test? Like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what is the answer here? Yeah, hey, Man on the Moon. That movie's got some nudity because he goes oh, to a brothel. Goes, yeah, the, the prostitute scene is. I love how like apprehensive he is, and then They're like he's here all the time. Yeah, like <laughs> Giamatti. Once again, Giamatti is. Amazing. We haven't talked about Giamatti almost at all, and he's great, but he's like just always great. So yeah. it's hard to what 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 new thing can I say about Paul Giamatti in this role? That well, this was like the one that really brought him into prominence. Yeah, this was about that time where he really started because I think in the Jim Carrey documentary, you know, there's a part where Zmuda gets introduced and he pours like a drink on him and stuff. And it sounded like they interviewed him at one point and people didn't realize there that he was like one of the leads of the movie. They thought he was just this extra that Jim Carrey was like picking on right. <laughs> and like pouring water on and stuff, which is interesting that just 20 years ago, that was Paul Giamatti. He just. Oh, yeah, he must just be one of the extras. <laughs> yeah. It's this guy, he's a chubby guy, kind of looks like Michael Keaton. Yeah, and then, what, probably about five, six years later, he made Sideways, and then... Do you think Sideways is the one that really made it, like, Paul Giamatti's, like, an A-list top dog actor? Um, I, th- I think it was the year before with American Splendor. Oh, American Splendor was before Sideways? Yeah. Okay, that's... I could agree that... I that, think it was Big right. Mama's House. Both of the... <laughs> He just took that momentum straight from Martin Lawrence and <laughs> ran with it. Yeah, and uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Oh, I forgot he was in that one. Yeah, yeah, that was on his on his rise back to the top. So. Yeah, on his Imda. Um, but him as Zamuda, like I feel like he was the anchor who was like holding everything in check, especially in like the Great Gatsby scene, which 
there's a lot of things that they do that didn't happen the way they happened in the movie. Like yeah. the Great Gatsby thing was actually televised. Yeah. Um, the SNL, his debut, he wasn't the musical guest. Yeah. It was, I think it was, he was Billy. like a special guest. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it yeah. was, yeah. He wasn't, uh, it's somebody really famous, a woman it, with, um, if, if I heard the song, I would be like, oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was when I was 17. Yeah. Or it was Joan like Baez. Joan, was Joan Baez? Yeah. Or uh, Janice Ian. Maybe that it one. It was George Carlin and Janice Ian. Yeah. Because they had maybe. Richard Belzer. And I was like, George Carlin wasn't dead at this point. They could have easily gotten George Carlin. But I feel like, and I don't know, and I couldn't, I didn't have time to look it up. I feel like Richard Belzer did show up in that episode for some reason. But I'm not positive on this. So I could be wrong. But. Just because, like, if you watch the first few episodes of SNL, it's like they had no idea what they were doing. Oh, absolutely. It's just like, I don't know, throw this person out there. He has to wear a suit when he does the monologue was, like, a big argument that, like, that's why he's, like, in, like, a sports jacket instead of a T-shirt. I don't know. Like, it's just crazy. So I feel like maybe Richard Belzer was there, but I'm not positive. Now, uh, let me ask you this, because my girlfriend asked me this last night, and I was like, I don't know. I'm a fraud. She's like... Why is it funny that he sings just the chorus of Mighty Mouse theme? Because normally when someone lip syncs, they're lip syncing the whole song. The whole thing, yeah. And like, because um, if he was going to lip sync, he would be like, Mr. Trouble Never. Hit. Yeah, all doing that. And I was like, uh, and I guess I was trying to explain it like on a different level, but I was like, I don't know. Because I think she's like, well, why does that make you laugh? And I wanted to be like, because the people are laughing and I'm a sheep. <laughs> but um, hey, Dave, want to go see Hustlers? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, that's what the people are saying. So <laughs> we should. I'll do what the people want. Um, or we can go see Cats. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't know. Cats sounds even dirtier than Hustlers. <laughs> um, we can go see Rise of Skywalker again. <sighs> go see hustlers let's go see cats <laughs> um, um yeah it's just something about him doing the like mighty mouse it's just, i think it's like the whole performance it's not just doing that line it's like him quietly waiting around and taking the sip of water like but i don't know i was on the spot and all of a sudden my comedy cred just seemed like i was a poser well the thing that they also don't tap into in the movie is i wish they they did all of his appearances on like the Dick Van Dyke TV specials and Variety Hour. He did a lot of different types of stuff. That's well, he got his start by before SNL, before Taxi. It was the Dick Van Dyke like specials, and he would do it as the foreign guy um, before they even named him anything. Yeah. Um, or he would come out in lip sync. Uh, Dick Van Dyke would be like. And here's Andy Kaufman, and he takes out the record player, and he's wearing a cowboy hat, and it's a kid's record of Old MacDonald. Yeah. And he's lip syncing to like Conway Twitty, like, all right, kids, Old MacDonald had a farm. Yeah, yeah, very interesting stuff they won't get away with today. Well, in his variety special, one of the things that uh, Vincent Chiavelli, who plays the head of ABC, um, he was also on Taxi as the Archduke High Priest of Laka's. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> he was saying that the special was boring. Like, if you've ever seen it, it's not that it's boring. It's it's just sweet. It, it's like Pee-wee's Playhouse before Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like, oh, yeah. The stuff that Andy Kaufman did was like his desk 
his Johnny Carson Tonight Show desk. He had a giant desk. He had a giant desk that was like six feet high. Yeah. And like the guests had to be like below him. It's something like a kid would do. Yeah. And having Howdy Doody for like 20 minutes. Yeah. It It's not weird. It's just he's a kid. It's One, like it, some of his stuff's marketed to the wrong people. Like that should be marketed towards kids, but they thought it was going to be like marketed towards like hip young adults. Yeah, he was he was Paul Rubens before Paul Rubens. Yeah, that's he, a really interesting, especially you're right with the Howdy Doody stuff and all that. It really is Pee Wee's Funhouse playhouse. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, also him doing like the cow goes moo and yeah. the duck goes quack and the chick goes cheep cheep. Oh, did it freak you out when? The lion goes, and the little girl, her roar turns into like an old man going uh, at the beginning of the movie. No, that felt natural to me. That's why I was I expecting saw, when her mouth opened. Well, when when I saw it the first time, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> um, what's oh, your favorite episode of Taxi? By the way, I'm just curious if you have like a. They actually show it. Um, it's the uh, the famous Amos one where his cookie recipe. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my favorite Laka one. With yeah. That one's um, wicked funny. It's with cocaine, and Jim snorts the cookie. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think non lock episode. I think the story of Jim of how he became. What does a yellow light mean? Slow down. What does a yellow light mean? That episode where he joins the crew. I no it it. Go- oh wait, when he was like a successful college kid who tries drugs for the first yeah. time, yeah, and, and uh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, yeah, Tom Hanks is in it playing a stoner. And it's Tom awesome. Hanks is the one who introduces him to, to uh, weed. Yeah, it's so funny. That is a good one. That's one of my yeah. favorites. That's a good one. Ah, oh, Taxi is great. I don't know if it streams anywhere. Thankfully, I have the DVDs. Actually, funny story. I have all the DVDs. I have not watched the last disc of the last season because I don't want it to end. So I've just been holding is on. Even, is Andy Kaufman even on at that point? He, um, I'm pretty sure he's on, but throughout all five seasons, he was just so sporadic. You know, like it's like he'd be in one episode, two episodes, and then be gone for like three and then come back for one or two. And like, I don't know. It was very weird how they just kind of let that happen and how at one point they weren't like, all right, we need – we need him on every one. I mean, I don't think he's the best character on the show, but I love him. Um, I yeah, think Ignatowski is the best personally. It's a tie. I I like Ignatowski, but I also love Louis De Palma. Yeah, exactly. I would say between the three of them, they're all pretty equal. But I think I would edge those two out over Latka. And I I Latka wasn't. I think he like made the top five for me, but like I I loved. Jim and I loved uh, Louis and I actually liked Alex. Alex is a great lead for that type of a sitcom. I love Elaine. Uh, yeah, um, Elaine is number four for me. It, yeah, it's a great cast. It's it, like other than Jeff it, Conway and Randall Carver. <laughs> the two handsome guys were my least favorite, like Tony Danza and, yeah. and Jeff Conway. I was like, oh, they're too pretty. And I like Tony Danza. I give it to Tony Danza over Jeff Conway. Um, because, because he had a little more to do and he got to stay on the show longer because they had to kick Conway off because of drugs, kind of. <laughs> um, which is a shame. But I didn't know that's why Jeff Conway got kicked off. I heard, so this is what I heard and I could be wrong, but I heard that essentially one night he was supposed to be in an episode, but he was too drugged out. And they were like, fine, you're not going on. And they just gave like Tony Dan's all of his lines. And then they were like, 
you know what? These two characters aren't all that different. Like we we really don't need two guys playing this. <laughs> and then they kind of kick Carver or uh, Conway off. Um, now that's what I believe I heard. I could be wrong. I'm no aficionado. Yeah. But um, but yeah, Taxi was a great, great, great show. But I never understood like in the movie like. They showcase how much Andy hated Taxi. Yeah. Or Jim Carrey or Andy or... Oh, God. <laughs> it's down the rabbit hole. And, like, Zamuda had a point. It's like, no, this is a real great place to, like, showcase your chops. And, I mean, they never got into him making the world's worst movie, Heartbeeps. Oh, yeah. They should have. They should have. I've never seen the movie, but, boy, do I... I've seen things about it, and it looks I've seen bad. 10 minutes of it. Yeah, probably nine and a half minutes too much. Yeah, I mean, it's him That's and a robot, right? him and Bernadette Peters. Oh, God, I keep mentioning Bernadette Peters. Oh, it's me, Bernadette Peters. Um, as two robots who fall in love, and then, like, Randy Quaid is another robot. Wow. That uh, sounds good. No, it's terrible. <laughs> um, it's it's a weird movie. I believe that. It was, like, the, the time of, like, Earth Girls Are Easy, <laughs> which... <laughs> Which Jim Carrey wasn't, and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. Uh, was Jeff Goldblum up for the role of Andy Kaufman at all? Or? No, but I think he. <laughs> he I could have been a good uh, Shapiro. Uh, yeah, I think he actually wanted the part of Shapiro. Oh, he would have been a great George Shapiro. Yeah, they kind of have a somewhat similar look. I could see that kind of. Not that the look for Shapiro really uh, matters. Uh, 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 Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have you seen his uh, Disney Plus show? I, lo- I haven't seen every episode. I've seen like the first four or five, I, and I, I love, love when it. he get, I love when he gets sidetracked. And he's like, I I had an uncle, um, uh, <laughs> Barry Goldblum, who uh, was a basketball player. I loved when the guy told him to stop bopping when he was running, and he's like, bopping, bopping. What do you mean by bopping? And then like he ran in the strangest way, but he's kind of an older guy as well. So I I love. He's great. I could I now hope I want to see ends. this movie with Jeff. Goldblum as George Shapiro. I want to see it with Jeff Goldblum as George Shapiro, Nicolas Cage as Andy Kaufman. And <laughs> that's the version that I want to see. And uh, Gwyneth, not Paltrow, but just another Gwyneth. As, <laughs> Gwendolyn uh, Christie. <laughs> Gwendolyn no, Christie. I would have loved to see the version with uh, Kate Winslet and Ed Norton and Michael Keaton has a mood. <laughs> oh man! Well, oh, when geez. I remember seeing this the first time, I was like, "Is is that? Did Michael Keaton get fat? <laughs> like, <laughs> because like the eyebrows that uh, what's his name does uh, uh, Giamatti? Uh, you when he says eyebrow guys. When he's like, never let it be uh, fool ya. Yeah. I mean, so as we as we get to the end here, what what? was a shame that wasn't nominated about this movie. Well, I think first and foremost, Jim Carrey's performance. Um, so what, this was 99, so American Beauty won that year. Yeah. I mean, I like this movie more than American Beauty, and I would have said that even before any Kevin Spacey stuff, but I think 99 was a very strong year because I believe it was American Beauty, like the Green Mile, Cider House Rules. <sighs> the Sixth Sense. Uh, and the Sixth Sense. And was um, it Hurricane? No, Hurricane was not nominated. I loved Hurricane. So it's weird. My two favorite movies of that year were Hurricane and this. What was the fifth one that was nominated? Uh, you um, remember? Let me think. It was... I got to go in order. So it was... Talented Mr. Ripley, I think. 
Okay, well, I've never seen that. So I don't Talented Mr. Ripley of those movies is the one that should have won. I um, mean, so for me, I, I think Sixth Sense is good, but I'm not as big of a fan of it as the rest of the world is. So for me, I would say to replace Sixth Sense with Man I, on the Moon. Because uh, I do love Cider House Rules and American I actually Beauty. don't like the Cider House Rules. Oh, man, we should do one on that. <laughs> like, the only thing I like about it is Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd ends up... Oh, he's beautiful, yeah. he's He ends up getting, like... Screwed. Screwed. By Tobey Maguire. By Spider-Man. He's a menace. <laughs> Spider-Man screws over Ant-Man. No wonder Ant-Man was fighting him in Civil War. <laughs> um, so here are the nominees for Best Picture of that year. Cider House Rules. It was The Insider. Oh, that's right. I would have replaced The Insider. I don't. I'm. I think Insider's a good movie, but I do think Sixth Sense is a little more classic. So I think you could replace the Insider with Man on the Moon, and you have a little bit more of an accurate lineup. If you did American Beauty, Cider House Rules, Green Mile, Man on the Moon, and Sixth Sense, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Or if you got rid of Cider House Rules because I hate it and you like it, (laughs) with Hurricane. (laughs) But I like Hurricane also, so I, I I couldn't argue that one. That they're, they're both to me excellent films. Um, oh, Noah was also not not nominated this year. Phantom Menace. <laughs> Screw you, man. <laughs> so actually, a better um, best picture would have been American Beauty, Set Cider House Rules, Being John Malkovich, Man on the Moon, Green Mile, Sixth Sense. I mean, Being John Malkovich is a good movie, but I mean, I like Cider House Rules more than... than, than oh, we didn't even talk about... Um, Sean Penn was going to be... It was like after Gary Oldman, Sean Penn as Andy Kaufman. Talk about another method actor. I mean, oh, yeah. you heard what happened in Milk, right? I don't know if I did. Like he went off the rails. Yeah. Like he, he it's what led to his divorce with Robin Wright Penn. He would just. Did he start sleeping with men or something? Like I don't, I don't know. But like huh. there were like, like tabloids were like. uh <laughs> Sean Penn was seen at this nightclub dancing in the night away. <laughs> like interesting. Like the weirdest headlines came out of it, but he went to method. Apparently, on the set of Mystic River, he was way too method. Hmm. And like people in Dorchester is like, yeah, we we don't act like that. That's not how we are, Shawnee boy. I do, dude. So yeah, how many bagels? Uh, I, all of them. Yeah, this is a full dozen for yeah, me, too. Yeah, for me. I, I'm enough of a fan of Jim Carrey, of Andy Kaufman. I like the movie. I love the song Man on the Moon and Great Beyond. Great Beyond is actually um, such a good song. They're very good. So, like, for me, this I, I don't have a lot of issues with this movie. It's my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Um, it's my second I, favorite Jim I love Carrey it. movie. What's your first? Eternal Sunshine. That makes sense. A lot of people, lot of people go that That way. was another movie that I could have done, yeah. except it was, won an Oscar for Best that. Screenplay. Yeah. So yeah, this I thought this movie's excellent. I think even if you're not uh if you if even if you don't know who Andy Kaufman is, I think the brilliance of this movie is I was in seventh grade. I saw this movie and was like, I want to learn more about Andy Kaufman. And I was in seventh grade. Yep. Could barely read or write. Wow. In seventh grade, really? <laughs> I could read and write. I just had my bar mitzvah. <laughs> wow. Oh, The Matrix was also in ninety nine. Yeah, that's a, that was a genuinely good movie. I was going to use that as a joke at one point, but that I was like, no, Matrix it. is really good. <laughs> I would choose Matrix over Sixth Sense as far as like a blockbuster choice. Oh yeah, um, or Fight Club. Uh, I've never seen all of Fight Club. Can you believe it? Wow. Snowflake. 
Way to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, is there anything you want to promote? Um, I have a web series. You can find it on YouTube or Skit, uh, or Facebook. It's called Skitcom, Skitcom TV, Dave Schweitzer. Uh, you'll find it. It's pr- kind of easy to find if you type in Skitcom. Like a sitcom, but a skit, Skitcom. Uh, I have that. And other than that, uh, nope, nope. If you want to try to send me money, to do something stop to doing on. that <laughs> if anyone needs money i do <laughs> are you looking to give money away for tax purposes <laughs> <laughs> help me tell help me what's me. up um but yeah so thank you for doing this thank you for having me i was so excited to do this movie this movie is one of the best movies of the this year like 99 was just a great year for movies yeah this was also the year of iron giant Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, Air Giant and maybe Big Daddy. Yeah, Big Daddy was this year. <laughs> um, and analyze this. Hey, the and good Amer- one. American Pie. Oh, American Pie. I'd put that on the Oscar list. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's where you should end the show. Yeah. I mean, that's another one of those movies if, like, your girlfriend's like, hey, want to go see American Pie? Uh. So, like, when I was a kid, American Pie was awesome. And then I watched it as an adult, like, seven years ago. And I was like, this movie's awful. Like, yeah, it's, it's not funny. I, I remember watching it. I was like, why did I want to watch this? I was like, oh, oh 13 yeah, years that's old. That's right. I remember why I wanted <laughs> Just at 13 years old. I was 13 years old. And I going was willing through... to put up with a lot of bad humor, I guess, for it. <laughs> so, uh, the things we do for Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, back then, I guess. So thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. <laughs> so uh, if you want to find us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can go to Curland on Film for the latest episodes of this podcast. And you can email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We might read your email on the air. Uh, until next time, I am Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye.